Religiosanity, episode 17. Yes. Here we are, it's, Pastor yeah, Andrew. And, uh, talking about Christmas. Yeah, part you know, two of uh, our Christmas two, series. And uh, this time I, I think that we promised that we'll talk about how it happened that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, something like 50 years after he was crucified. And Well, this might be his greatest miracle. Um, it's one of the miracles let us put it that way one of the miracles of the early Christianity yeah (laughs) and and uh, uh, create legendary creativity of of, uh, religion Jesus was of course known throughout his life as Jesus of Nazareth yes there are at least 20 uh, references uh, in the Bible to Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, not a single time Jesus of Bethlehem. Right. When you think about it. Right. Uh, so how came? First of all, we need to say that uh, they, they needed this uh, domicile to go with, uh, with the name. You know, that... Uh, connection with where he was from uh, simply because there were so many Jesuses that's oh. something people don't recognize uh, Jesus uh, uh, was quite common name at that time in in Palestine uh, it was about nine percent of all male names Wow which means every 11th male was Jesus wow. at that time uh, and uh, so they needed to say which Jesus uh, yeah. and so they were saying absolutely appropriately because they knew that he came from Nazareth that it's Jesus of Nazareth so that was for quite a while but then early church uh, when they went uh, through the Hebrew Bible and started to preach about Jesus and, and for them Jesus was uh, Messiah uh, the Christ, um, they they found this prophecy in Micah that the Savior, according to Micah, should come from Bethlehem, and then they had, and they knew that Jesus was savior for them so you know how to reconcile this when there is this prophecy that jesus <laughs> should come from bethlehem and everyone knew him as jesus of nazareth uh, then there was a need to not only uh, place his birth to bethlehem but also make the transition from bethlehem to nazareth mm. and to account for it or to to explain it and uh, uh, we have actually two uh, attempts on it uh, in two synoptical Gospels, Gospel of Luke and Gospel of Matthew. Uh, both are trying to do this, uh, those 40 years after, uh, 40, 50 years after Jesus' crucifixion. And both are doing it in a different way. That, that's the funniest thing, mm. you, you know. Uh, so, uh, if we go f- through those first two chapters of Gospel of Luke, uh, uh, there is that prelude about the birth of uh, John the Baptist, 
but then uh, we quickly continue with the, the stories of nativity of Jesus and uh, first we hear about uh, Annunciation uh, by Archangel Gabriel to, to Mary uh, most likely in Nazareth uh, then uh, we hear about uh, Joseph and Mary making trip uh, from Nazareth to Bethlehem because of the Roman census. So that would mean that they're from Nazareth, mm -hmm. traveling to Bethlehem and then going back to Nazareth after the baby's born. Yes, born. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they are, because of the census, uh, the Roman census is forcing them to go down to their domicile, to, to their original ancestral home. Uh, and from there they are then returning back to their normal home uh, in Nazareth. Uh, and while they are there for that uh, count, they don't have, they don't find any, any room. And so they are in the stable and child is born and put in the manger. Uh, and then the shepherds visit. Uh, and uh, after uh, appropriate period of time, the, there is this purification ritual, and after that they return back to Nazareth. So th this is Luke, and yeah. and this story has its own uh, serious problems, uh, historical and theological, factual problems, uh, because first of all, uh, the, the Romans did uh, number of different censuses. Uh, but never universal census. Mm. We don't know about any census where the ancestral home would play any kind of role mm -hmm. that would create just absolute chaos. Think about it, you know. Yeah. Uh, imagine going back to, to a place of your ancestry. Uh, take a patrilineage, yeah. okay? So, uh, and in between David and Jesus, it's about 1,000 years. So think about everyone now going back to their homes uh, or to their ancestral home of 1,000 years ago. <laughs> Just think about yeah. it in America or, you yeah. know, and even in, in, in a rural Palestine that's a little or an, in Roman Empire, that would be absolutely unfeasible. Uh, so that's one thing, and we know that they did not do this. Mm -hmm. uh, they never did a complete census of the whole empire. They did that piecemeal, you know, mm -hmm. uh, one area, another area, and then so on. They were good administrators, yeah. so they did it that way. Why was it important to make this Micah prophecy the truth? Me meaning, like, why? Wh what? What place is that so high to make up all of this to make that true? Like why? Because you 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 just read the gospels and you and not necessarily uh, Luke. Luke is not that strong in it, but definitely Matthew, which will be our second gospel, we'll be talking about, and he is constantly putting there. This happened so that the prophecy would be fulfilled. Yeah. So that was really important. The that idea was of very very important for them, and that was like in their dialogue, say with. Judaism and at that time we start to observe divergence between Christianity and Judaism until this time of the writing of Gospels that's just simply one of the subsets or sects or movements within the broader Judaism mm -hmm. 
you know, but as they are diverging more and more, then this becomes uh, a bigger problem for them. And this, they want to just justify this. This was Messiah. And just look into your own books, you know, mm -hmm. you, you trust uh, uh, to the mm, prophets and, and here you have it. You know, so uh, that 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 is at least partly my my understanding. The that he is from the lineage of David is also important uh, because that's the messianic uh, lineage. Uh, and uh, but it was a little easier, you, you know. Over the history, humanity learned how to tweak your genealogy, you mm -hmm. know, or his mm -hmm. or her own genealogy. So it was a little easier, even though with Jesus, and we'll be talking about it next time when we will talk about the virginal birth of Jesus. You know, there is a major problem because mm. all those genealogies are going through Joseph. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, but let us yes. uh, leave it for later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, you right. know, but uh, the, so that the, there is this problem, and uh, so they were dealing with these problems. And Luke has it: Nazareth, Bethlehem, because of the census. And in due time, after religious, proper religious rituals, return to Nazareth, even yeah. though that's not that absolutely certain about those religious uh, rituals and that they had to be performed in, uh, in Jerusalem, for instance. Absolutely not. Not everyone traveled to Jerusalem mm -hmm. for purification rituals and so on. But, uh, you know, be it, you know, that's Luke's take on Judaism mm -hmm. <laughs> of his time. Uh, then Gospel of Matthew has completely different strategy of getting Jesus uh, being born in, in Bethlehem and ending up in, in Nazareth. For him, uh, Mary conceives of the Holy Spirit, Joseph wants to dismiss her quietly, but is stopped by the angel, and angel says, you know, keep Mary, uh, whatever was uh, conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and uh, they have baby and then the magi came from uh, from east and king herod gets involved uh, sends them to bethlehem uh, they pay homage to newborn king and return the other way uh, King gets really angry, you know, tries to um, completely destroy any potential pretender for a throne, you know, usurper. He would definitely see it that way because he is a legitimate king, even though he has problems because he is not, he is more Edomite, he is not of a Jewish descent. Uh, that was the Herodian problem. Uh, so he is uneasy about his legitimacy mm -hmm. on the throne, uh, sends his uh, soldiers to kill all the babies in Bethlehem. But before that happens, again, Joseph is sworn in a dream and uh, is escaping to Egypt. They are staying in Egypt after Herod uh, died. Uh, they are allowed to return but they don't return to their Bethlehem, but they are because the son of Herod is still king over mm. to Judea, and so they go to Galilee. 
Rudir is another son of uh, Herodes, so it does not make much difference. But, you know, it's the story. Um, the, probably they viewed him uh, more uh, Leniently. benign, yeah, yeah, lenient, yeah, yeah. or uh, <laughs> something like that. So that, 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 that's the problem. And uh, again, you have uh, major historical problems with that. That'll be each of those would be almost like for a Bible class mm -hmm. or. Uh, of for 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 its uh, own sake, uh, uh, because uh, you know the Magi's, for instance, and, and all of that, uh, uh, and and the background uh, of, uh, of of that story mm -hmm. or uh, killing of the innocents. Mm -hmm. uh, th that's uh, th they're, 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 it's uh, implausible. Not that uh, Herodes uh, Herod the Great was famously uh, kind of an insecure uh, king uh, who constantly in his paranoia suspected some kind of a plot and there were plots also uh, against him even within his family so the saying then that it is better to be a pig on Herod's uh, uh, court than be his son because he executed, he had his several sons executed uh, for attempting to overthrow him, mm. or perceived attempts for overthrowing him, and uh, so the, he was ruthless ruler, you know. But if there was this kind of a killing of babies in in Bethlehem for from birth through two years old or whatever it is narrated in in gospel then uh, you know more likely than not we would hear about it from other sources uh, you know because Bethlehem was not that small let me put it that way and uh, there would be substantial number of children and and we hear about it only from gospel and mm -hmm. not from other places and so there are kind of uh, this is uh, one of the reasons. The other reason is that it follows the kind of archetypal pattern uh, of, of a movement. So here we have uh, that that's one of the, the, the thinking that this whole story about in, in Gospel of Matthew is actually mirroring the movement of uh, the chosen people. Mm. In earlier times, mm. so here we, here is the holy repetition of going down to Egypt and coming from the Egypt, and you have even some of the names involved there. So Joseph, uh, 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 patriarch, and Joseph, uh, father of Jesus, involved in in taking Jesus down to Egypt and then coming from Egypt and returning to Holy Land and, and mm -hmm. so on so the, there is this kind of thinking that this uh, th this is actually one of the reasons Matthew built it that way mm. you know like an uh, uh, repetition of the holy history mm. Uh, and so that those are uh, those are two mutually uh, contradictory uh, stories, uh, and and quite late, and they have both uh, reasons for being said the way they are. Right. Uh, but those are legends. Right.
and, and we need to be quite clear about it. And there are, of course, people always try to kind of mesh them together and they are doing it every Christmas. The <sighs> children's pageants are mixing the shepherds together with magis and, and so on. And those are all characters from two completely <laughs> different stories, you know. So wait, th so th this, this brings up the question, why didn't whoever placed these stories together mm -hmm. in what we call the New Testament, yeah. why didn't they, if, 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 if those people were willing to change the story to suit this prophecy from, from Micah, mm -hmm. why didn't the people that put the stories together in the New Testament say, we got to get these to match? Oh, of course, there were attempts of doing it. What do you mean attempts? So, no, no, no. How come they weren't successful? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, first of all, uh, these Gospels were, ju just let us get the sequence right, okay? Yeah. So these Gospels were written something like uh, year 70 or something like that, okay. okay? And they existed in their pristine individual form. Not knowing about the other one? To a large extent, oh. yes. Um, for decades if not centuries wow. you, you know then they started to be collected okay and only when they started to be collected uh, they um, this became somehow a, a problem yeah but not major there was by that time they were so well established Right. And, and, you know, they were collected. There, there are other uh, mutual contradictions uh, in between the Gospels and other things. So, the, you know, they, they just made the peace with it. And like our mm. Christian uh, Christmas pageants, uh, you, you have it also. Uh, you, you, yeah, you know, yeah. you're just only if you really know the Bible, you yeah. realize that those are two independent <sighs> stories. Yeah. If you come on Christmas to church, to most of the churches, and not only fundamentalist churches, you will probably come across the mixture of these two stories kind of merged, mm -hmm. uh, fused together without much consideration into the, the logic of those stories independently, mm -hmm. uh, individually. So that's one thing. So, you know, if you don't pay close attention you can easily do that. That's one thing. And the other thing is that, of course, uh, there are not only canonical Gospels. There are many, many other Gospels. Mm -hmm. And some of them, not all of them are narrative Gospels, like narrating the story. Uh, some of them are collections of Jesus' sayings mm -hmm. and so on. But even those uh, narrative Gospels, uh, they, they, they did something like we are doing every Christmas like merge these two stories, mesh them together and created some kind of a form out of it. Mm. So, uh, you know, you, you, you have it there also, which is a pity because I think that in its pristine form, they are actually nicer and they have more to say. You know, Luke is more dealing with an uh, abuse of power of, of an empire, mm -hmm. imperial abuse of power, while Matthew is more concentrating on the Old Testament parallels, you know, and trying to kind of show how they mirror and mimic each other mm -hmm. and, and, and use that uh, to, to bring a message.
So by, by mixing them, for instance, uh, we are losing some of the parts mm -hmm. uh, of, those in, of those original stories when taken individually. Interesting. So, yeah. But then, but then I also have to ask, there are some people that might be listening and they might, they believe the history. You're, you're, you're given a little bit of a history here. Mm -hmm. And, but then if you really take in the history, how do you stop that from lessening the power of the myth, though? Because once you, once you realize that this story, that they had to kind of make this up to fit this other thing, doesn't that seep in and start to, you know, contaminate the power? It's not a pure mm -hmm, story mm -hmm. that can... You know, no, sure, to, sure. It, it, it immediately... And that's the, that's the conundrum of... of modernity mm. uh, and that's why we have such a big problem with fundamentalism in Christianity really from the moment of uh, enlightenment that was not a major thing or maybe a little earlier because you know that they knew where the science is going and so on it became fully pronounced with the beginning of enlightenment but uh, there were some importance or leading towards that uh, much earlier and and so this defensiveness of, of the myth is mm -hmm. uh, absolutely present but uh, I, I think that there are ways of making peace with it and for me it is really the recognition of uh, the, the power of that original message which is passed on as an as a parable say mm -hmm. and for instance we we are reading in the bible parables and unless you are really absolutely stupid fundamentalist uh, you would not take parables literally you know you you take the parables of jesus as parables yeah. those are the stories jesus uh, tells and everyone recognizes that uh, you, you 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 know behind them uh, is no uh, factual historical event mm -hmm. but they are still powerful stories and in a similar way I'm looking at these stories they might not be historically absolutely precise and true but in their poetry and within their realm they are disclosing some very, very powerful and important uh, messages about us, the shape of this world, and about God uh, dealing with this world mm -hmm. and coming to be part of this world and uh, shape it from within mm -hmm. rather than from outside. Mm -hmm. And that's the story of Christmas. Mm -hmm. and and very powerful and and, and beautiful and uh, I, I I think that you, you know it's it's a matter of actually truthfulness and faithfulness to yes that, uh, yes to, uh, to to recognize it and I would doubt that even uh, even those who wrote it uh, who were clearly instrumental in shaping it 
maybe they were drawing from a little bit older oral tradition but but that, that there is not much time for that you know there is like a generation uh, of that uh, that that they knew what they were doing mm -hmm. that, that they were not writing history history as we know it I, I think that they at least partly knew that they were writing uh, a parable mm -hmm. yeah a little bit more plausible parable <laughs> But uh, a parable of lost coin, very plausible parable. You know, we all were in, in the, such a situation of losing a coin and, or something of value and really uh, very, very intensely searching for it and then finding it and being very happy, you know, or uh, some of those agricultural uh, parables not being involved in agriculture. But you can recognize that, that that's probably a daily bread of farmers mm -hmm. what they are doing they, they are scared about you know what will happen to the seeds when you sow them uh, they, they, they develop different techniques on how to hide them how to cover them so that the birds will not come and eat them all mm -hmm. you know and so on and so forth they, they, it's 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 plausible but the purpose of that story is different mm -hmm. it's not telling us about so and so in the village that and that uh, you, you, you know yeah. what happened it's telling a broader story and here it is a similar thing mm -hmm. this is telling us the the how dangerous world was mm -hmm. into which Jesus was born right. and into which we are born and into which our children are born yeah. or grandchildren uh, you know it got somehow better but not always, just, you know, we are right now living in a very, very peaceful period. Some people are concerned about some, you know, echoes of, of, of history and so on. But just go back, I don't know, 70, more than 80 years, and you are in a brutal period where, you know, children of the, the entire race were wiped out. Yeah. Well, and, and in that way, it's not so much that we have to cling to a story that is historically accurate in in this but more of a story that can affect us yeah and and that's the true thing that you could find the meaning of Christmas uh, in the power of the story yes and yeah and 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 in that miracle that God is willing to step into this uh, brutal world Right. You know, brutal either because of the Herodes or abuse of power and, and you know, moving people because of some bureaucratic uh, idea of counting all the heads uh, and, and, and so on. Yeah. Uh, so. All right. That's nice. So and now, now next time we will talk about the perpetual virginity of That'll be maybe at the end. No, perpetual virginity <laughs> is something else. Oh. Uh, virginal birth of Jesus. Okay. Uh, that'll be definitely our next theme. Oh, or I would think that we should definitely I look think into so. it. I think so. That's something yeah. to look forward Especially to. Especially when we are talking about Christmas. Yes. Something to look forward to. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you.